At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the greg peterson experience on vsin the sports betting network It's hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Feaston, the Sports Betting Network. We are officially final on all the games from the college basketball Friday that was. You've got Portland surviving and advancing to take on Santa Clara in the West Coast Conference Tournament. As Portland was able to get it done, they got a nice double-digit win. And if you want to blame the points with Utah State, well, you wound up getting a pretty rambunctious second half from the Aggies as they wind up being able to get it done 75 to 52 under Ryan's pitting there. Anywhere between 11 and a half to 12 points. You want to blame it with Utah State. You were able to get it there. Actually opened up more around 13 to 13 and a half. Money wanted coming in on San Jose State. San Jose State unable to get the job done. But unlike San Jose State, we're gonna look, we're gonna look to get the job done here on our number two, the Greg Peterson experience. We've got 105 games for this college basketball Saturday. Wanna pitting on quite a few. In hour number one, if you want it missing anything, have no fear. We wind up posting every single hour of every single show here on VEASAN over on our VEASAN Best Bets feed. That's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, what have you. I did wind up hitting on the Arkansas versus Tennessee game there, along with a few other big giant sizzlers for this college basketball Saturday. So I've got you guys covered there. And if you wind up just wanting to take a look at a little bit more in general as well, You've also got the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. I do that over here with VEASAN. I broke down all 105 games on the betting board. I had to do a little bit of guesswork with regards to a few of them. I thought that Morris State was going to be able to get the job done against Belmont from seeing that first half. I also thought that there was going to be no way that Portland was going to lose on Friday, and that one turning out to be the case. So I was very happy about that. So how about if we dive into what we've got in DK Nation? For this college basketball Saturday. And we wind up going out to the Big East. This is going to be 643, 644 on the bang board. Seton Hall, it's the road to face off against Creighton. In a lot of spots, you're finding Seton Hall as a pick em. I'm also seeing them as a one-point underdog here at DraftKings. Your Charles game, ranging a little bit. Seeing as low as a 133.5. Seeing as high as a 135.5. You've got to take note that Ryan Nemard, the point guard of Creighton, he's going to be out of the fold. That's a Creighton team that even while he was out there in the fold, is a bunch of which... With regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis at home, a bottom 25 team in all of college basketball. They're turning the ball over on over 20% of their possessions. They say it's an all-team that they generate right around seven seals per contest. Not like they're going to go out there and they're going to do a ton of pickpocketing, but at the same time, 
That's about average in all of college basketball. And it's a Seton Hall team that's been very sound on defense. You've got one of the best shot blockers in all of college basketball, Ike Obiagu. He has actually had more blocks than he's had points per game. So I think that that's absolutely rambunctious. I got a little bit sidetracked there because I don't know if you wind up seeing that Minnesota versus Oklahoma City game, but the poor little guy that was sweeping the floor wound up getting caught up in the play. So hopefully we're not going to be finding any of that on this college basketball Saturday because that would not be good. And what else is not good for Creighton is getting caught up in the fact that they don't have a lot of guard play right now. Alex O'Connell has been able to do a solid job for the team right around 15 points per contest. But with Creighton, they're in the bottom 75 in all of college basketball regards to three-point shooting percentage. Seeing all, they're not a team that's necessarily going to be going bombs away from three-point range either, but you've got more options. Guys that do a better job of being able to hit their, I guess you can call that more mid-range jumpers. Someone like a Jared Roden. Roden is someone I do like. He's been able to give you right in the neighborhood of about 15 or so points per contest. Is able to chip in their six to seven rebounds per game. Tyree Samuel, and whenever he's been out there, wound up missing a few games this season. He's been rocks off for the team as well. Now you do have the Ryans, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Ryan Hawkins. These two guys for Crane have been able to combine for about 28 to 29 points per contest. Kalkbrenner is able to give you two and a half blocks per game. So he does a relatively solid job there. But that said, it's a spot in which I think that the loss of Nemar is really going to show through in this game. I wound up setting Seton Hall as a three-point favorite. So as a pick'em slash, as we're seeing it here at DraftKings, a very small money line underdog. I'm going to take Seton Hall, the DK Nation pick. I officially wound up giving out the money line in this spot. So we are going to be going with Seton Hall in this spot. And when it comes to the total, I wound up setting mine at a 134. I do think that the correct move is being made here with the total sitting at 135.5. I am going to be willing to take a look at the under. We are seeing it go a little bit further down and down. If you wind up getting to a point in which winds up getting below 134, then it becomes a little bit more of a roll of the dice. But seeing mostly 135, 135 and a half, I'm on the under. And with Seton Hall, they are my DK Nation pick. I officially wind up giving them out as a money line, looking at them as a pick -em. If you wind up finding them as a one to one and a half point favorite, do not feel hesitant about laying the points. I think that they should be able to get the job done. So that's what we wind up giving out 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 there we've hit on a few early games we've had on a few late games how about if we wind up going back to the early portion of the schedule we're going to go 609 609 on the betting board and head out to the sec lsu is going to be playing us to alabama alabama's finding themselves a four-point underdog with your total on this game here between 152 and 152 and a half i did wind up saying this line at four and a half four is pretty much a max i'd be willing to lay but here at four i'm going to be willing to lay it with lsu Alabama has just been one of the most streaky teams that we've found in all of college basketball. And they're a team that they're just not doing a good job on defense. Alabama's 230th in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. Actually do a halfway decent job on the glass, but you got an LSU team that ranks in the top five with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. First time these two teams wound up playing. LSU lost, but covered on the road. That was a 72-67 game. One of the Lowest scoring games that we've seen from Alabama all season long. And for the Crimson Tide, it's still a relatively solid offense. This is a team that ranks 39th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. And they actually score more points on a per-possession basis on the road than they do at home. They are number eight in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis on the road. Scoring right around six and a half points more per 100 on the road rather than at home. And I have no idea how this winds up working, but Alabama is just really really bad at making threes at home alabama overall for the season they shoot 27.8 percent from three-point range at home 
They shoot 35.2% on the road. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why, but that's Alabama right now. Alabama's won one of your best teams to the over. They have played 21 overs to nine unders. Meanwhile, LSU, they played two-thirds of their games to the under. I do lean to the team in LSU doing a little bit better job of being able to bottle things up, and I do think that there's going to be negative regression to Alabama's three-point shooting percentage. It makes no sense that team winds up shooting like 28% from three-point range at home and 35% on the road. LSU has just been able to bottle teams up all season long, and a big thing for this LSU team is that they lead the country with regards to steals force per game with a little bit over 11 per contest. So I think that that's going to be very beneficial. You got Terry Easton coupled with Darius Days. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you right in the neighborhood about 30 to 31 points per contest. Both shoot about 35% per three now. LSU, they themselves have their turnover woes. This is a team that they're turning the ball over right around 15 times per contest. But take a look at this Alabama bunch. They are not a team that's necessarily going to be getting up in your shorts and being able to get a whole bunch of turnovers. It's a team that with regards to turnovers, force on a per-possession basis. A relatively average team. They do wind up getting a couple seals, but I mean they rank right around 136 with regards to turnovers, force on a per-game basis, which means on a per-possession basis because they rank in the top 20. They are a little bit less than that, so a little bit of an issue there. It's an LSU team that I think is going to be able to do a solid job down low. Now having back Xavier Pence in the heart and soul with regards to the backcourt of LSU, I think that they should be able to get the job done in the spot. I did wind up saying my total at a 150.5. I recognize that Alabama has been playing a lot of overs, but at the same time, I trust in this LSU defense. First time around, it was 70 to 67. I think you get a little bit more scoring, but I don't think you get a ton more. I think that LSU gets the job done at home, set them as a four and a half point favorite. So I'm going to lay the four, and I'm going to take a look at this total under. When it comes to Miami versus Syracuse, you got an intriguing one out here to be able to lead off the day. 615, 616. Syracuse is finding themselves. And between a one and a half to a two point favorite and your tallest game, you're going to be finding it between 153 and a half and 154. First time you wind up seeing these two teams wind up playing. Both teams got north of 85 points. I think that things are going to be a little bit more bottled up in this circumstance, but got a Syracuse team that they're just quite frankly playing absolutely no defense whatsoever with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. It's not been terrific for necessarily both of these teams because Miami. They're a little bit more of a slow tempo team. Now, what Miami does really good on defense is they force eight and a half seals per game. In fact, Charlie Moore really be able to do a solid job of that. He gives you right around two seals per contest. And for Miami, it's incredible. They generate eight and a half seals per game. And you have turned the ball over 9.6 times per contest. To have nearly as many steals as you commit turnovers is absolutely insane. This is a Miami bunch that they do rank 247th in all of college basketball. There goes points a lot on a per possession basis. And then for Syracuse, it's not necessarily going any better. As a matter of fact, it's going worse. 280th in the country. You guys points a lot under per possession basis. And a Syracuse team that was relying upon a five-man rotation with the injury to Jesse Edwards. It's now become a four-man rotation. They've been looking to Badamba Sadibi along with another gentleman in Frank Anselm to give them a little bit of something down low. They combined to give you five and a half points per game, but they have not been able to do the job. Meanwhile, for Miami, it's been a team that's had a negative rebound rate this season. They've been getting a little bit bludgeoned on the glass, but Justin Miller, who winds coming in from George Mason, has been able to do a relatively solid job of be able to aid in this five plus rebounds and now aid that team's last 10 games. He also gives you right around a seal and a half per game. Got a Miami team with Isaiah Wong and Cam Augusti. They're able to give you right around 32 points per contest. I like what they're able to bring to the table. And for Syracuse, I mean, you've got four guys that give you right around 13 to, in the case of Jimmy Bam. 18 and a half points per contest. Other three guys, Joe Girard, 
You're able to throw in there the other Bayheim, and then you wind up having Cole Swider. They give you between 13 and 14 points per contest. Swider's coming off of a 36 points massive performance against North Carolina. Was that enough for the team to be able to get the job done? Swider does shoot right around 40% from three-point range. And Syracuse's collective, they shoot right around 36% from three-point range. I don't think that they're going to be able to play enough defense. Miami is a team that has been much better at being able to generate turnovers. Both of these teams have been relatively okay. I think that you're going to see a game that is going to be relatively similar to game one in which neither team is able to get any stops. Semi-total of 154.5. I'm going to go over with Miami. I made them the two-point favorite, so we'll take them as a money line underdog. Coming up next, we got a lot of winners to unearth on the betting board for this college basketball Saturday. We're going to be continuing to try to get as many of those as possible next. Right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts as designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are city casts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles. New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast, wherever your podcast says. It is a great Peterson experience with myself, Greg Hughes Peterson. We've got a great college basketball betting board for this Saturday. So we are going to be doing as much as humanly possible to try to get you as many winners as humanly possible for this slate. It's going to be a very much a fun one. It's going to be the last slate that is north of 100 games for this college basketball season. Have no fear, they will be back next season. So do not think that this is a time to necessarily wind up going off the reservation or anything like that. But with that said, how about if we try to find some winners out there in Conference USA? We've had a lot of questions on this one. So how about if we hit it right now? 631, 632 on the betting board. We have Middle Tennessee, and they're going to be in the red face off against Old Dominion. Old Dominion is finding themselves a two-point favorite with your total Hey, between 133 and 134, and with Old Dominion, I did wind up saying them as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Now, with Middle Tennessee, the big question has become, Josh Jefferson, is he going to play in this game? I am under the assumption that he's not. 
Now, if he does wind up playing in this game, all the better for Middle Tennessee, and he is the team's leading scorer, a guy that has been able to shoot about 37% from three-point range, giving you between 16 and 17 points per game, does a solid job on the glass, but it's a Middle Tennessee bunch. Of, it's been a situation which the whole has been greater than the sum of its parts. You do take a look at Old Dominion. They should be able to do a little bit of a better job on the glass. Middle Tennessee does not have a single guy that gives you more than five rebounds per game, so that has been a little bit of an issue for this team, but... You do take a look at this old Dominion team and what is a big issue for them. It's that they rank at the bottom 20 in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. This has been a team that they just have not been able to put the biscuit in the basket. C.J. Kaiser has been able to give you 14 and a half points per contest. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. Makai Long has been able to give you eight and a half points, six boards per game as well. You get a little bit of facilitation as well out of Jalen Hunter. He's been able to give you four assists, a 2.1 turnover three game, but Donovan Sims is someone that I'd like for this middle Tennessee bunch. Right around 10 and a half points. 2.7 assists per game, and Cameron Weston has really been able to come along for the ride as well. Four plus assists in four of the last five contests for Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is a team that over the last 35 days, they've shot it much better from three-point range for the season. They shoot about 33% from three-point range over the last 35 days. So this has been closer to about 38 to 40% from three-point range. They were a team that at the beginning of the season weren't able to give you a whole heck of a lot there, but I do think that DeAndre Dishman is going to be able to do a solid job down low. It's really been a Middle Tennessee team in which they just look to pitch in in any way possible. They generate right around eight steals per contest. So they themselves do turn the ball over 13 times per game. That is a little bit of an issue, but you got a lot of guys that just do a very solid job in general. And Middle Tennessee, it's been your best cover team out there in all of college basketball. 21 and six against the spread. They've had a couple pushes in there as well. Old Dominion, they've been a little bit hot and cold with this. You do have Austin Trice coupled with Kalu Azikpe. We've been able to give you a combined 14 rebounds per game. You've got Ezekiel giving you a little bit over a block per contest, but with Old Dominion, I do not have confidence that they're going to be able to get the job done here against Middle Tennessee, even without Josh Jefferson. I like Middle Tennessee in this spot. Set the men's two and a half point favorite. Old Dominion, a team that is playing at a very slow, very methodical pace. They're in the bottom 50 with regards to possessions per game, and it's a Middle Tennessee team that they do play a little bit more up-tempo, right around 164th in the country with regards to possessions per game. They've slowed themselves down a little bit more recently, so I do take a look at the spot. I do like the under semi total at 132 and a half, and I think that Middle Tennessee is going to be able to pull this win off. All right, so taking a look at the money line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. I know that many of you guys are asking for Arkansas versus Tennessee. We hit that one in hour number one, so vcin.com slash podcast. You're able to listen back to every single hour of the Greg Peterson experience there, and then we've got you covered on Coast to Coast Soups as well. That is going to be up within the next 40 or so minutes. You've got my breakdown there. So I'm going to try to hit on as many fresh games as humanly possible. How about if we wind up going more towards the early slate? This is going to be 627, 628 on the bang board. Indiana's going to be hitting the road to face off against Purdue. Boilermakers are finding themselves as a pretty good favorite in this spot. 10 points. Toronto's game is anywhere between 140 and a half and 141 and a half. I do mind saying my line at 10. Here at the 10, it's the absolute max I'd be willing to lay with Purdue, but I'd be willing to lay 10 with Purdue before I'd be willing to take down with Indiana. The big thing for Indiana is that this is a backcourt that is just not very good. You have been able to have a couple guys be able to step up for the team. Xavier Johnson is able to give you a double-figure amount of points per game. He shoots in the high 30s to low 40s from three-point range. Problem is he's been turning the ball over right around two and a half times per contest, and this is an Indiana team that... They just don't necessarily play with a lot of tempo. You thought that they were going to be able to kick things a little bit more up with Mike Woodson at the home. They rank 170th with regards to possessions per game now. With Indiana, 
They are a whole heck of a lot better than Purdue on defense. Purdue is a team that, with regards to points, a lot on a per-possession basis is right around 165th, so that's a little bit of an issue. Indiana, meanwhile, they're a team that they rank in the top 40 with this regard. Indiana has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to control teams at home. On the road, it's been a little bit of a different issue. They give up right around 15 more points per one earned possession basis when they are on the road rather than at home. This is a Purdue team, though, that we've seen them crater a little bit with regards to their offense. The three-point shooting has been a little bit more touch and go. Now, Purdue is a team that is much more efficient out there at Mackey Arena. They're the most efficient offensive team in home games in all of college basketball. You do also have a pair of guys in Zach Eadie along Trady Fion Williams. They could be on for right around 14.8 rebounds per game, so they do a solid job there. Sasha Stefanovic is able to shoot 40% from three-point range. I like his overall game. Jaden Ivey, how about him? Right around 17 points, five-plus rebounds. He's able to give you a few assists. I love what he's able to bring to the table for this team. Indiana, last time these two teams wound up playing, they were able to spark a little bit of a strange comeback win in the last spot. They were able to win that game by three, and either team was able to get to 70 points. Indiana's been doing a good job of being able to play relatively controlled tempo games. They did wind up having a little bit of an outburst against Maryland as well as that game against Minnesota. But Purdue, they've been having a little bit of a tough time of scoring 75 points or fewer in now three out of their last five games. I do think that Purdue is going to be a little bit more bottled up in this game, but I do think that they're going to do a better job on defense. I think that they're going to be able to do match up very solidly with Ray Thompson along Trace Jackson Davis. Jackson Davis it's a guy that, with regards to block shots, he's able to give you right around two and a half per contest. He and Ray Thompson combined to be able to give you just below 17 rebounds per game. So both of these guys do a very solid job on the glass. That said, it is a spot in which I do think that you are going to be able to have Purdue be able to win this game by 10. 10 is the absolute max I'm willing to lay. Set this total at a 138 as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at laying 10 and absolutely nothing more with Purdue. So. I want to make that just very clear with regards to that one. How about if we wind up going out to the Atlantic 10? Got a couple injury concerns in this game. 6-11, 6-12 on the bang board. Davidson, they hit the road. They're going to be facing off against Dayton. Dayton opens up a 3.5 point favorite. Find them anywhere between 3.5 and, and 4 in this spot. And you're drawing this game. You're going to be finding it between 130.5 and, and 131. And with Davidson, I set them as a 3-point underdog. Now, Foster Lawyer. Looks like he's not going to be able to play in this game. It's a Davidson team that they rank at the top 25 with regards to fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis and three-point shooting percentage. And Lawyer has been a big reason why, but Lawyer's been out for a little bit, and they've been able to have guys be able to step up and replace them. Grant Huffman has been able to give this team eight-plus points in three out of the last four contests without Foster Lawyer. And then with Davidson, you've got a guy in Luka Baravich, who I really like, 15.7 boards, a guy that's able to shoot over 40% for three-point range as a six-foot-ten stretch player. Got a Dayton team that... They do a very solid job on defense. They are playing at a very slow and a very controlled tempo. Dayton is a team that ranks in the bottom 50 with regards to possessions per game. And Davidson is in the bottom 75 themselves. But when it comes to Dayton, points a lot under per possession basis. They do rank 22nd in all of college basketball. They are going up against a Davidson team that is allowing right around 10.9 points more per one hundred possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. Davidson is a team that... They do a relatively solid job with Hunjun Lee being able to give you 16 points right around six boards per game. So I do think that they're going to be able to hold up there. Now, Dayton, they've got the best shot blocker in the game. That would be Deron Holmes. He and Tabani Kamara combined to be able to give you 12 boards per game. Both of these guys give between 11 and 12 points per game. So I do think that Holmes is going to be able to have an impact on this game. Kobe Elvis has been able to enter the building. He's got 
relatively good three-point shooting numbers with right around 41% three-point shooting. And then Kobe Rea has been able to shoot right around 40% from three-point range as well. But the nearly 14 turnovers per game is a bit of a concern when it comes to this bunch. You've had Malachi Smith do a relatively solid job out there in the backcourt for the same team. Malachi is a guy that's been able to do a good job going out right around four assists. He's able to give you two seals per game. So I do like what he's able to bring to the table for this team. But with Davidson, you've been able to have good versatility with this team. A bunch that has just been able to do a solid job of not being able to beat themselves as well. It's a Davidson team that I do think is going to be able to find some open looks. I did mind up setting my total a little bit closer to a 131 in this spot. Got a pair of teams that they just play at a very slow tempo. So I do think that it's going to make points a little bit more scarce. I am seeing a 130 and a half here at Circa and with 131 exactly because I do think that it's going to be close. It would be my absolute lowest point that I'm going to be willing to take the over on. So 131 or less willing to take a look at the over and I'm going to be taking a look at the points here with David set them as a three point underdog. Coming up next, we're going to be going back to the power conference level right here on VSEN, the Sports Banking Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the College Hoops action for free with March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head over to DraftKings.com slash KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. So KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. Now to be able to play for free to get your cut of cash. KFC, it's finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That's, it's a great Peterson experience right here on Beast at Esports Bank Network. I am very hungry for some winners on this college basketball Saturday. So I said I was able to get the appetite stirred a little bit more. So how about if we wind up going from the East Coast? We've been looking at a lot of the early games and we wind up going out West. We're going to be going 745, 746 on the betting board here. San Diego State, they're going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against Nevada. Nevada's finding themselves a little bit of a home underdog in this spot. You're going to be finding them anywhere in the neighborhood of about a three to three and a half point underdog. Opened up actually a four point underdog. It's almost anywhere between 133 and 133 and a half. When it comes to San Diego State team, they have been absolutely dominant on defense with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. Let's see here. Here's all the teams that are better than San Diego State. Pauses. Pauses. Yep, that's a list. None of them. They have been number one in all of college basketball at this regard. Now, I will say for San Diego State, they do wind up allowing right around 10.7 points more per 100 on the road rather than at home per 100 possessions, I should say. And then you take a look at the Savannah team, and last time they wound up playing against San Diego State, they were able to hold in there. That was a game in which they were without Grant Sherfield, and they were able to do a relatively solid job in that game. You do have a guy in Warren, Washington, who's now also back in the fold for Nevada. Guy that's been able to give you right around 10 and a half points, six boards per game. He's a true seven-footer, and then <clears throat> you like what you're able to get out of Will Baker as well. It's getting me all choked up because he's a seven-footer that's able to give you right around 11 points per contest, six boards, shoots right around 40% from three-point range. But then you take a look at the flip side for San Diego State. You're going to have the most dominant score out there. That'd be Matt Bradley. 
Matt Bradley has been absolutely terrific for this team. Now you're going to need to get a little bit more out of players not named Matt Bradley because he is the only guy on the team that has given you more than eight and a half points per contest. The next best score has been Trey Pulliam. He's been able to give you right around 8.2 points per contest there. For Pulliam, he's been able to give you a little bit over three assists per contest. So has been able to do a relatively solid job there. But take a look at Bradley. And he's able to shoot right in the pocket of about 42% from three-point range. Has really been able to do a good job of being able to lead this offense with 15 and a half points per game. Does ship in there a little bit over five rebounds per game. What's incredible about Bradley is that he wound up having a rather cold start to the year with regards to his three-point shooting percentage. You take a look after Thanksgiving, so you rule out the first couple games of the season. And this is a guy that has been one of the best three-point shooters in all of college basketball. From November 30th on, 47.1% from three-point range with 18.8 points per contest. So he's able to do a good job there. Shurfield and Cambridge for this Nevada team. Grant Shurfield, Desmond, Cambridge. They combined to be able to give you about 34 points per contest. When it comes to Shurfield, it's been a guy that's been shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. Cambridge shoots a little bit closer, 38% from three, but Shurfield does give you right around six assists per contest. He's been able to do a solid job there, but ever since he's come back from injury, three-point shooting has not necessarily been there for him. San Diego State, they do a good job maybe able to cut off the arc to start out with. I think that it's going to be a little bit of a rough run here for Nevada because you also do have Nathan Menza, guy that's able to give you a little bit over a block, seven boards, seven and a half points per game. For the San Diego State team, you've been able to have a few other guys like uh, Chad, Baker, Mazzara be able to step up for the team as well. He's been able to give you right around 7.5 points per contest. San Diego State, I do think he's going to be able to do a solid job, be able to get the job done, just the defense in general. It's going to be swarming. I set my total at a 130.5. The only reason why you wound up getting it over in the last game that San Diego State wound up playing against Fresno State is because you wound up having double overtime. That was a total of which it was set right around a 116.5 and. It was actually going to get there easily on the under if it wasn't for bonus basketball. So I do find that to be very intriguing in this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And with this Nevada team, it is a team that they've also throttled down. They were a team that last time they wanted playing against San Diego State, they were right around 50th with regards possessions game. Now they're down to 75th and it's going further and further down. So it is a situation which I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And when it comes to the San Diego State team, I'm actually going to be willing to lay here. I wound up setting them as a five and a half point favorite. How about if we wind up going out to the Atlantic 10 as well? St. Louis has been a very interesting team all season long, and they're going to be playing us to VCU. This is 675, 676 on the betting board. Got St. Louis. They're going to be finding themselves as a favorite in the spot of two points. 12 is anywhere between 134 and a half and 135. With St. Louis, set them as a two point favorite. Two is the absolute max I'm going to be willing to lay with St. Louis, but I'm willing to lay a deuce with them. Because I do think that late game following, they are going to be able to do a better job at the free throw line than VCU. VCU is also a team that they commit 15 turnovers per game. One of the worst teams at being able to take care of the ball. Now VCU, one of the best teams at being able to generate turnovers. They get a little bit over 9 per contest. And we have noticed it with Yuri Collins. Collins is a guy that turns the ball over 4 times per contest. One of the most turnover prone guys in all of college basketball. He does also give out 8 assists. He's a very high usage guy, but... With St. Louis, they shoot right around 76% as a collective at the free throw line. VCU, more around 69%. That matters. Now, with Ace Ball went back in the fold for VCU out of his 20 games, right around 70% have wound up going over the total. So, it's been a VCU team that has been able to pump it up with regards to offense. And a big reason why is because Baldwin does give you five assists, three seals per contest, shoots over 40% from three-point range with a double-figure amount of points per game. Take a look at Vince Williams Jr. 13 points, six boards, does a relatively solid job for the team, but 
I do think that Francis Okoro is going to be able to win the battle down low. He's able to give you a double figure amount of points. Seven and a half boards per game for the St. Louis team. So he's been relatively rock solid. You do take a look at VCU and they have been absolutely amazing with regards to their defense. In the top five in all of college basketball, with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis, St. Louis has still been relatively solid. Obviously, they aren't quite on the same wavelength as VCU. And VCU, with regards to hitting the road, number one in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. So they've been able to do an even better job on the road. Meanwhile, you take a look at SLU, as they like to call them. And it's a team that they rank right around 75th in the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. But you do take a look at them in their home games. They give out right around 12.3 points per 100 possessions fewer than they do on the road. So it's a team that they've been able to hold up at the point of attack there. Now, St. Louis is actually a team that they play at a rather brisk tempo. They rank in the top 75 with this regard. Certainly not your father's St. Louis team. And got a guy in Gibson Jimerson. They will lead the way with right around 16 to 17 points per contest. Shoots nine thirties from three point range. Fred Thatch Jr. to be able to do a good job of you know, banging through from three point range. Asad Ward on the flip side for VCU. Relatively solid job down low. Was expecting a little bit more out of Levi Soccer when he wanted coming in from Kansas State. But certainly a relatively solid VCU team. I did wind up saying my total in the spot at a 134. Got a VCU team that's dominant on defense on the road. St. Louis dominant with their defense at home. So I do take a look at the spot and I like the under of St. Louis two once again, absolute max that I am going to be willing to lay here. So do not exceed two, but I am willing to lay the deuce here. When it comes to what we're getting in college basketball, we've got so many different games they're able to take a look at. But how about if we wind up going with another one that's going to be a little bit more towards the early slate? How about if we wind up going with game number 619, 620? Auburn, they're going to be playing us in South Carolina. South Carolina is finding themselves as a rather hefty underdog of anywhere between 14 and a half and 15 points. Total is anywhere between 144 and a half, seeing a size of 146. And when it comes to the spot, I do mind saying my total a little bit higher as well. Set it at a 146 and a half. Got an Auburn team that has been significantly better at home than they have been on the road. I have no idea how, but when Auburn winds up leaving the state of Alabama, it's as if they wind up having their superpowers taken away from them. And for South Carolina, I will give them this. They're a top 75 team with regards to defensive efficiency. And Auburn is just a completely different animal this year when it comes to their defense. Points a lot on a per-possession basis. They rank 10th in all of college basketball. They give up right around 8.5 points fewer per 100 possessions basis when they are at home. And with regards to this Auburn team, they're not quite as stout with regards to their offense. They only shoot right around 32.5% from three, but Jabari Smith is a guy that gives you right around 16 points per contest. A guy that at 6'10 shoots over 40% from three, six boards per game. Walker Kessler has been able to lead the way down low, nearly four and a half blocks per contest. Auburn, they get eight blocks per contest. That leads off college basketball, but at home, that balloons to 9.9 blocks per game. That is way more than any other team out there in all of college basketball. They also average right around 7.4 points more per one hundred possessions basis at home rather than on the road. And it's a South Carolina team that they like discipline. They're a team that they turn the ball over 15 times per contest. They shoot right around 32 to 33% from three-point range. Joe Reese is able to give you 10 points per contest. I will say this for them. Eric Stevenson shoots 98.6% the free throw line. That is by far the best per mark in all of college basketball among qualifying players. But 
South Carolina, even though they do wind up having a run in which I believe that they wind up winning four out of five. Just a team that they haven't necessarily impressed me. Don't get a lot down low on this team. Keyshawn Bryant is able to pick it up a little bit more, but you don't have a single guy that gives you more than five and a half rebounds per game. Auburn does an absolutely terrific job down low. I think that Auburn has all the pieces to be able to win this game fairly convincingly. Maybe they will cover 75% of their games at home. First time these two teams wound up playing, Auburn was able to get past 80. I think that they've got a chance to be able to threaten here with this total at 146, barely on the overset it at a 146.5. And I'm willing to lay up to 16 and a half here with Auburn. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a game out there in the Big 12 right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Madness. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything that you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy. And you get it all for just $19, whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread. Our team is here to get you ready for every single game this season and every round of the tournament. Get experts from our, get analysis from our experts including myself, Greg Peterson, on every single key team, key players to watch, conferences, what have you, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the sports betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for just $19. All of this is at VEASAN.com slash man. It says it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network we've got. A whole lot that is going down for the college basketball Saturday. We're breaking down everything in the Big 12 right now. How about if we wind up going out to a game that is going to be involving a couple of rambunctious teams in Fog Allen? 677, 678 on the banging board. Got Kansas. They're going to be hitting the. They're going to be playing a host to Texas. Texas, they're finding themselves a little bit of an underdog in this spot. Texas is finding themselves anywhere between six and six and a half point underdogs. Jones anywhere between 137 and a half and a 138. I think we've run up a little bit too high with this total. It opened up at 140, which I am not sure why it wound up opening up at 140. I do recognize that Kansas is a relatively solid offensive team with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. This is a Kansas team that they do rank 18th in the country and they've been a little bit better at home than they have been on 
on the road. Texas is a team that they need to figure out their offense a little bit more. They rank right around 80th with regards points scored on a per possession basis, but Texas top 20 defense with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. First time these two teams wound up meeting, both teams were able to get well past 70 points. Texas wound up winning that game despite going 3 of 20 from three-point range and I think that's a good indicator that they're going to be able to hold in this game. Texas has been a little bit rough with regards to the backcourt. You've got a pair of guys in Marcus Carr, coupled with Courtney Ramey. You're able to throw in there Andrew Jones as well. They combined for about 30 points per contest. None of these guys shoot it great from three-point range. Nobody shoots really below 32% from three. And then for Kansas, it's all about O'Shea Ubaji. Obaji has been able to give you 20 points per contest. He's been able to shoot right around 40% from three-point range, so has been able to do a very solid job there. But then you take a look at what you're able to get out of this Texas team, and you do have Timmy Allen down low, 12.5 points, 6 half boards per game now with Kansas. Got a pair of guys that are able to give you 7 rebounds per game as you've been able to have David McCormick coupled with Jalen Wilson being able to do this. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you a little bit over 20 points per contest. Remy Martin has been able to return from injury, but hasn't been able to give you a lot. In the last game against CCU, who wound up having as many points as myself, wound up playing fewer than 10 minutes. I have to question whether some of this is the injury that I wound up suffering, or I mean, we've heard a lot of reports that he's been sort of in Bill Self's doghouse as well, so might be a little bit of a mixture of that. So it's really had to be Ogbaji having to do a little bit of everything. Now, Christian Braun does a good job as well. Six foot six, combo player. 13 points, 7 boards, shoots in the mid-30s from 3-point range. I do like his overall game, but I do think that Texas, a team that does a great job of being able to slow down games. You take a look at Texas, and with regards to possessions, brain, this is a team that they rank in the bottom 30 in all of college basketball. You got 358 D1 teams. They rank 339th. I think that they're going to do a nice job of being able to get this game down to a crawl, and I do think that it's a situation which you're going to have the slow team being able to make things all grimy in this game. Set this total out of 132. I'm willing to dive under, and with Texas, I did wind up setting them as a six-point underdog, so six-half plus going to be willing to take the points. We're going to stay out there for the Big 12 in this one as it was CCU who wound up just playing against Kansas. Now they're going to be hitting the road face-off against West Virginia and Morgantown, 633, 634. West Virginia, they are finding themselves as a underdog in this spot. And you've got West, or actually West Virginia's finding themselves as a favorite in this spot. Of anywhere between two and two and a half points in Tallinn's game, and between 136 half and 137. My max buy point here is going to be two and a half with West Virginia. It did wind up setting them as a three-point favorite. At three, that's going to start to be a little bit more of a look on TCU. But you're at the two to two and a half. I'm going to be willing to lay it with West Virginia. With the Mountaineers, I think that they're catching TCU on a bad scheduling spot. You wound up having to play against Kansas twice this week. It's pretty much going to be their third game in six days. And West Virginia's a little bit more well-rested. And guy guy in Taz Sherman, who has been the Tasmanian devil for West Virginia. Guy that's been able to give you 18 points per contest. Shoots in the 30s from three-point range. Sean McNeil has been able to do a great job as well. He's a guy that's able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range as well. So these two guys have been able to combine and do a solid job. West Virginia's collective only shooting the low to mid 30s from three-point range. But with West Virginia as well, you've got a team that they started out the year very bad. 
at the free throw line. They wanted shooting right around like 62% at the free throw line out of conference. In conference, things have really been able to shape up for this bunch. They're a team that actually leads the Big 12 with regards to free throw shooting percentage. But it comes to conference play and conference play only. Conference play, they have been able to shoot in the neighborhood of about 80-81% at the charity stripe. So they've been able to do a relatively solid job there. And they get to the free throw line constantly. This is a West Virginia bunch that's going to need to get a little bit more rebounding, though, because Gabe Osabowen has been able to lead the way with regards to boards per game. That's right around 5.5 per contest. Nobody else gives you more than 4.8 per game. So that's a little bit of an issue. And for TCU, this is a team that they thrive on the glass. They rank in the top five in all of college basketball with regards to second-chance opportunities. That's just offensive rebound rate in general. As they wind up being able to pull in with regards to their misses on the offensive side of things, 36.6% of them. That is very good, but... With that said, TCU, not a good offensive team. They shoot right around 67% the free line, 31% from three-point range. So it's been a little bit of an issue there. Mike Miles has been able to give you right around 14 and a half points per contest. But I mean, really past that, you don't get a lot of offensive firepower. Chuck O'Bannon has been able to give you right around 10 and a half points per game. So he's been able to do a relatively okay job there. But with that said, it is a situation which you do have a TCU team that I think that they're going to have a little bit of a tough job tough task just being able to go into Morgantown and get this win because they have been logging a lot of miles here in recent games. They've had to play against Kansas twice, so that takes a little bit out of you. And even though TCU does a good job of being able to generate second and third chances with regards to the rebounding, don't have a single guy that gives you more than 6.6 .6 rebounds per game. That would be Emmanuel Miller. Eddie Lampkin is able to give you right around six boards, seven points per game as well. But lack of outside shooting, I think he's going to hurt TCU in this one. Malik Curry has been able to give you double figures in each of the last three contests for West Virginia. I do think that that's going to be enough for them to be able to get the job done. I think that's going to be a little bit more of a control game. West Virginia has been falling down the board with regards to their defensive efficiency now outside the top 25 with top 125 with that regard. But do you have a TCU team that as well? They haven't been able to put the ball in the basket. So, said the total 135. I'm willing to dive under. And with West Virginia, two and a half or less, going to be willing to lay it three plus. That becomes my buy point here on TCU. How about if we wind up staying out here with regards to the Big 12 Conference? And with the Big 12, got a lot of intriguing games that are going to be going down on this college basketball Saturday. We already had on the Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State game. How about if we go Oklahoma versus Kansas State? This is 679-680 on the betting board. Finding this as a relative pick'em game, we have seen a little bit more money coming in on Kansas State now, anywhere between two and two and a half point favorites. Totals anywhere between 133 and 134. And when it comes to Kansas State, two and a half is really the max I'm gonna be one to lay with them. But I wind up saying this line at two and a half, I'm gonna be one to lay a two and a half with Kansas State, because with Kansas State, you've got a guy by the name of Nigel Pack, and he's packing it in. 15 and a half points per contest, shooting 43% from three-point range, Kansas State. They don't necessarily do the world's greatest job on the glass, but neither does Oklahoma. Neither of these teams have necessarily that one marquee rebounder, though I will say, Mark Smith, out of both teams, he's got the most rebounds per game. 12 and a half points, eight and a half boards, stand six foot four, so a little bit of a do-it-all guy that is not afraid to get his nose dirty. Meanwhile, for Oklahoma, you do have Tanner Groves, guy that stands six foot 10. He's been able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. He's able to give you right around 12 to 13 points per contest. It's an Oklahoma team that has been able to get quite a bit of something out of Omaja Gibson as well. 
Gibson is a guy that's able to give you right around 12 points per contest. He's a guy that from three-point range has been shooting in the mid-30s. He also shoots right around 90% at the free throw line as well. So I do think that that is going to be very important for this Oklahoma team. Moving forward, you've been able to have Elijah Harkless give you 10 points, 5 rebounds per game. But for Kansas State, Sultan Miguel is now back at the fold. Guy that wanted missing a little bit of time, able to give you 4.5 rebounds per game. Ismail Moussad has not necessarily been as effective for the team as he was towards the beginning part of the season. But I do think that he's going to be able to give you a relatively spirited effort here as well. It's a Kansas State team that... With regards to defensive efficiency, they rank right around 95th. Oklahoma, they're just a team that they don't take care of the ball. 14 and after an overs game. Meanwhile, Kansas State, they do a relatively solid job. We'll be able to hold on to it. Worth right around 11 half. Now, Marquis Noel is not an SC guy that's going to go bombs away from three-point range. Shoots only about 28, 29% for three-point range, but does give you 12 and a half points. Five assists to fewer than two and after an overs game. He's coming from Little Rock. He's been able to do a good job of being able to run the point for this team. So I do think that that is going to be a little bit tough for Oklahoma to be able to overcome. I did wind up saying this total. As a result, at 132 and a half, I think that Oklahoma is going to shoot it themselves in the foot a lot with these turnovers so I'm looking at this total under with Kansas State. Two and a half is my max to lay it but we want to lay the two and a half with them. Our number three of the Greg Peterson experience is going to be coming up next. We have yet to hit Duke versus North Carolina leading off with that next right here on VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. Thank at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 